Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your favorite podcast about the Ole Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Got an episode coming to you on this, the day of the great American solar eclipse. Uh, historic occasion. I think when future generations listen to this episode, they'll hear it and say, oh, wow, the day that uh, Trump truly became president by staring into the sun. So let me bring in some of my uh, my co-hosts and my guests here. I got John Stefanczyk on the line. Like always, I think sitting in with him is Table Cobbleson. What's up, guys? I think... Can you imagine Hugh Freeze commentating the eclipse? Like, we, the we, light became darkness, and the darkness became light. And it's the journey of whatever. I mean... No, no he would. So, have y'all seen Apocalypto? I watched this scene today because it's, like, my favorite eclipse in a movie. It's, like, the Aztec people and the priest... Like, oh! Yeah, the priest knows the eclipse is about to start. He, like, looks at yes. the king all-knowingly, and the eclipse starts. Everybody's, like, freaking out because it's dark, and the ruler's, like... God has made it dark. If he truly will protect us, he will bring the sun back now. And then, like, the sun came back, and he acted like it was, like, you know, he was controlling it. Hugh Freeze would have done something like that, I feel like. You know, it would have been like, uh, the, the, the Lord giveth and he taketh away. Uh, but if the Lord does so trust in our team uh, to play for love, he will bring back the sun and light up this practice. <laughs> they, they did that in the Darkwing Duck episode. Okay. It's pretty much the same thing. Oh, then Apocalypto, that's actually really stupid because the Mayans, the Incans, and the Aztecs were the ones that were really into um, astronomy. So they right. Well, no, no, no. So, like, the priests knew, but the, the common people didn't know what was going on. I mean, I think that might check out. Oh, uh, okay. So it's kind of like... But I don't know. I mean, obviously, I like <laughs> Apocalypto a lot. I think Mo Gibson did a good job with that, but obviously Mo Gibson Agreed. is like a crazy person that you know takes <laughs> takes stem cells and stuff like that, um, <laughs> literally. Uh, also on the line, you hear his uh, his dulcet tones. We got Wes and Dean. What's up, buddy? Hey, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I do. Apocalypto was actually, a, it's, it's a pretty good, it's a pretty good movie. I, I, like I for, completely forgot about that. With the solar eclipse, but I thought the action scenes in that movie were pretty cool too. Really cool cinematography. Uh-huh. I love like the jungle shots and just the colors and all. And the languages are cool. It's kind of like he made it after Passion of the Christ when he got all into like Aramaic and stuff. And it's kind of that same philosophy of like using ancient languages and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Um, but that's not what this shows. This is not a show about Mel Gibson movies. Uh, it'd be cool if it was. <laughs> I mean, after September 11th, we'll see. We might be looking for new. Uh, for new for new Passions show topics, so maybe yeah, maybe we'll become <laughs> Mel Gibson podcast. That'd be a pretty short podcast. Um, yeah, <laughs> but we're gonna talk about Ole Miss. Got a few things on the docket, not a ton. Um, I think first and foremost, we need to hear from Wesson because uh, the reason you're on the show this week, Wesson, other than the fact that you know you're just a great guest and we love to have you. Um, we were talking about a week ago. Um, I think this was something that Rebel Grove had. Uh, maybe this very narrow tactic 
that Ole Miss could, could maybe find their way through to avoid lack of institutional control. So it, basically it goes like this. Uh, Leo Lewis, we know he's required to appear in front of the committee on infractions. Um, that's come out over the last few weeks. Uh, if he doesn't appear, it remains to be seen what happens to his testimony, uh, the charges that you know came out of what he said to the NCAA. Maybe he gets thrown out. Who knows? The reason he wouldn't attend, for anyone that doesn't know, it's speculated that due to the Rebel Rags lawsuit, which we talked about on the show a lot, um, he might be wary of saying more things that maybe could be proved false. And I mean, hell, the kid probably did get free merch. He probably does have proof of it. Who knows? This is all speculation. Say, for instance, it didn't happen. Say Rebel Rags has a good case. He might not want to appear in front of the COI so as not to open himself up to more liability. So say that happens, those charges get thrown out. What is the damning evidence left against Ole Miss? And it's something that I've talked about a lot in the past couple of months. It's the text message from Booster14 to Barney's University phone. Really damning, you know, kind of lays out. We had a deal, a lot of problematic phrases like that. Um, has Leo Lewis's name, all of that. But I guess the argument would be, since Ole Miss Compliance did find that, something that we've made fun of in the past, um, you know, would that truly qualify as lack of institutional control? Um, maybe they decide to drop the charge to failure to monitor against freeze, uh, which does not apply to the entire university. Would be a big win for Ole Miss. One of the very few, probably the only specific path I can see right now to avoid a two-year bull ban. So we were talking about that a little bit. Uh, and Weston claimed that he, using his impeccable sources, had talked about this previously on the show. I'll admit, Weston, I haven't gone back and listened, but I believe you that you said it. We had to bring you back on to talk about this um, and just talk about, you know, all the all the stuff you know from being the insider that you are. So oh. let's learn. Let's learn from Wesson. So where do you want to go first about the uh, – Yeah, is uh, that, did I represent it correctly? Is that what you were saying you had predicted on the show in the past? Yeah, well, I didn't really predict. I just said that – because I have family that's worked on campus mm-hmm. for allegedly, and you know your sister. For those who uh, don't know, works for alleged sister. my uncle on campus. Yeah, and he has worked on campus for uh, I don't know about over twenty five years now. So he knows a lot of the people in like the tenured, whether it be academic or athletic positions. So I mean, you know, he talked. People talk to him you know, around the coffee pot and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's that's when I heard. I think you know it was pretty when I first heard it. I was like, "Oh crap!" And I told it to you guys on the podcast, and it was <laughs> that uh, Barney Ferrar, I guess that Lee. I guess I don't know. I guess compliance or somebody had handed over Barney Ferrar's phone. I guess it was his university phone to the NCAA, and that's where the alleged uh, the alleged you know the text right, came from. Right, I guess right. that I can't remember that it was it, the the text was sent to Barney. Yeah, yeah, it's or, from the lawyer uh booster 14 that still has yet to be named and it it's it seemed to address leo lewis it's a really weird text it starts with leo lewis's name it's a, it's talking to leo lewis but he sent it to barney yes and for those of you who don't know i don't want to say booster 14's name but sure. if you're ever we can, driving we'll keep down, calling him that name yeah if you're ever driving down i-55 and you're going down by the the outdoor Renaissance Mall. If you head southbound, it's gonna be on your right side. There's a really big. It's, it's the tallest building in Renaissance. There is a law office there, a really big one, and I'm almost positive that's Booster who, who Booster 14 is. So yeah, so that's not though, that is not right. That is not correct. 
Um, but that is the law firm that I was talking about representing Freeze on a previous episode. But no. Oh, okay. I thought I thought he was. I thought that was who Booster Fourteen was because all I said is like, oh yeah, it's a big time lawyer from like the Ridgeland Jackson. So Booster Fourteen is a big time lawyer, not in the fact that he has a long record necessarily. He has won a very large judgment allegedly if he is you know the person that the internet insists that he is um ah. so he's he's a he's a plaintiff lawyer won a really big case against a big time corporation um and maybe that's where he got some of his uh alleged you know pay and player money who knows so i guess it makes sense why he's trying to keep his name off the public record right yeah now so let's talk about that a little to... bit too so we that's continuing on there's this case where steve robertson who we've talked about some on the show um First of Booster all, Booster 14 is the one that he wants to like hit name released, right? Right. Correct. So I'll get to that. Okay. Right. So the reason, yeah. so what's going on is is Steve Robertson and um, this guy that runs a blog called Jackson Jambalaya, allegedly. Now we're really getting into not only Ole Miss but also the machinations of the the Jackson scene. So this is right up my cursed alley. Uh, they're they're <laughs> suing Booster. Oops. Well, they're they're kind of suing. They're suing Ole Miss essentially for not releasing Booster 14's name. Booster 14 is countersuing, um, and really it's dumb. It doesn't matter. Who cares about this guy's privacy, right? He screwed Ole Miss uh, in all these ways. The only reason it's funny is because every time Booster 14 is granted uh, an extension or a stay, which just happened to get a few days ago, uh, it's delaying the release of Robertson's book because the guy's name is in there. And Robertson was supposed to, he was supposed to have already released it. He's already like pre-sold like two or three hundred or something. He has all these books. I assume he already has them printed. So if that guy doesn't end up ever losing that case, I guarantee you, Steve Robertson's gonna have a black marker going through there, hand redacting every instance of his name before he sends that book out. It's going to be <laughs> priceless. So that's oh, that's the only reason I love that Booster Fourteen case. Okay, so that makes sense. Now, I didn't know some of their details. But I, Jackson Jambalaya, that's a blog, yeah. right? A guy mm -hmm. that runs a blog? Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. I wasn't really familiar it's with that one. kind of a one, but... gadfly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess you want to go ahead and jump into my the Barney yeah. Farrar stuff? Of like course. the other, I guess, the, the, the connection? Mm -hmm. Yeah, please. Tell, me, tell us okay. more. Okay. So, I, for the listeners who don't know, I, I live, I grew up down the road in was essentially Madison on the very edge of Ridgeland, Mississippi, right by the reservoir. Mm -hmm. And across the street from me uh, lived a family, that the Plummer family, and mm -hmm. John and his wife, Kay Plummer. Now, John Plummer, you know, I they moved back to Winona because his wife is from Winona. Interesting. And they live kind of downtown, mm -hmm. but I'm really, really very extremely close to their family. And I actually – I was at a funeral in Winona recently, and I went after the funeral and hung out with him probably for about an hour and a half before I had to come back up to Oxford. But – and that's where he – You there, was, I didn't realize. You cut, so, out. you cut out for a second. Hold on. Go back 10 seconds. You were in Winona for a funeral, and then what happened? Yes. Uh, sorry about that. Um, oh, I was in Winona for a funeral, and after the funeral, I went and talked to John and Kay. Mm -hmm. And that's when he – I was. we were talking about the NCAA investigation, and that's when he started telling me, you know, all this stuff. So it starts with so John, Mr. John Plummer, his son currently is the high school football coach at Terry, which mm -hmm. Terry is south of Jackson. Mm -hmm. And John Plummer was the head coach at Delta State for a long time. Oh wow. So yeah, these are this is good sources. Yes. And he then I can't remember if he was either a head coach at Delta State. I'm pretty sure he was head coach at Delta State 
first, and then he was defensive coordinator at Mississippi State in the eighties. Oh wow! But I can't remember what he did first. But he he was he was he was defensive coordinator at State for a while too. But it, before I get into the, the uh, Barney thing, it, it's funny because you know Mr. John's such an I mean just a straight shooter. I, I you know he seems like he's a kind of like you know, like a player's coach. So he's not going to just BS. He's just going to tell you like straight up. Mm-hmm. And he was just telling me how he understood the rivalry and that, you know, it kind of made him, you know, I mean, he's a bulldog and everything, but it made him mad because he talked about back in the eighties, talked about all this, some just, I guess, crazy, just off the cuff stuff about States bag men. So, huh. you know, he was, <laughs> he was kind of like, I can't, you know, they're going to, we were kind of coming to the agreement that this case, you know, yeah, it's going to hurt Ole Miss, obviously, but I think it's going to hurt a lot more people as well. And that's what, even coming from a guy that coaches state was pretty, and knows how the process works. Yeah. Pretty disappointed and pretty actually kind of mad at some of the people that are trying to like. So who did? Do so that can't do that. Shroyle Miss, but so you so kind of like the Steve Robertson types, like those are the people that he said he's he feels like potentially you know maybe cross the line. Exactly. I couldn't have said it better myself. But anyway, when so Barney Ferrar is from a small town in northeast Mississippi, close to Corinth. Okay. And it's called Kosuth. And also, yeah, oh yeah, I've heard of it. You don't know Justin McDaniel, fraternity brother that pledged in my pledge class, was from Kosuth. And I don't know if he knows Barney's family or not. Hmm. But Barney um, coached or Barney played at Delta State under Johnny Plummer. And he, he got in a bad car wreck before the season started. So, uh, you know, he right, didn't. Right, right. I read about that, that. In, the, in the Washington Post profile of Barney. Yeah. Right. Well, after that, you know, he still was able to play some, but he just wasn't like his, you know, because it messed up his vision and stuff too. It was like right. a really bad, you know, and Barney came from a pretty, you know, rough upbringing and, mm-hmm. You know, um, but he said when I talked to him, I guess this was in June, uh, he was just saying how, uh, obviously, being in Barney situations, how mad he was and insinuating that this stuff flows from the top that also going to the fact oh, that. sure. I mean, allegedly, we have no idea. But play him as a rogue agent, it's probably not going to work. And that was kind of a stupid defense that I don't know if it was Freeze or Boosters or whoever sat around in a powwow and decided, let's, hey, let's do that. Let's throw Barney under the bus. Well, I think it was probably Bjork and lawyers and Bitter. I mean, I, I, I really don't think Freeze was very involved in the legal strategy, which is smart because I don't think he knows how to do much of anything. Definitely not put together a legal defense <laughs> uh, competently. Uh, um, he, knows, uh, he knows how to fool a bunch of Ole Miss fans, that's for sure. He knows something. Well, I mean, like, he fooled us by winning six games and then seven and then eight. And, like, there was – there were any fan base in the country would have taken to freeze if he was their coach. And the, he won the way he did. 100% believe that. Do we really disagree with that? Fans like Butch no. He's done less and done more. Exactly. You know? But he's, like, got a little hype, got a little recruiting hype, won a game here and there. Not really that many. He's finished strong against inferior opponents often. I, I well, go on. No, go. You finish first. Finish I was first. gonna say I don't. I just reiterating what I said. I I don't think Ole Miss is unique uh, in taking to freeze. Like we, I mean, we we saw Florida try to hire him for a big price tag. I mean, they were gonna. They believed in it. I just I just think any coach that won have. the way he won. Yeah, Ole Miss. In retrospect, remember yeah. how hard we all fought to keep him? Lol. <laughs> Hilarious. 
looks like the joke's on us. Yeah, pretty pretty <laughs> solidly. Well, also, what I was going to say is that... Fire, guys. Just remember that. <laughs> I was going to say that, you know, I was talking to Mr. John. Uh, I'll leave it at one verse. He was just yeah, saying, you know, obviously it flowed from the top, and, you know, I don't know if this will happen, but maybe when it's all over, or before it's all over, uh, he just kind of, you know, he didn't say this directly, but, you know, that saying that, uh, well, Barney knows where all the bodies, kind of like a, you know, right. Barney knows sure. where all the bodies are buried, kind of like, you know, insinuation type thing, and that... Sure. You know, uh, great. I haven't. The thing is, I haven't met Barney, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if every now and then he made his way down to Winona to see, you know, his old he's ball coach. Great too. man, according to the Washington Post. Barney's a great man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I can't speak for you know that because I haven't ever met him, but you know, I've, other than the situation he's in, I've heard pretty good things about yeah. him. You know, so I mean, it's interesting that he would say that or insinuate that, you know, because it kind of fits in with the, uh, the a strong rumor from a few days ago. Died down a little bit now, but basically, Robertson, Wolken, some people that have in the past had inside knowledge of what's going on with the NCAA's actual investigation, um, kind of insinuating that someone might be flipping. Um, and I think the heavy insinuation was that it was Barney. I mean, I think Barney certainly has the most to lose. Um, Chris Kiffin is in a little bit of hot water, but I mean, I really don't think the allegations against him are going to warrant any kind of a show calls. Uh, Barney, on the other hand, I mean, I don't know the sentencing very well, but I think he's looking at at least, you know, three to five years show calls. Um, and for a man that wasn't the head coach, you know, a man that wasn't even on the field coach probably doesn't have a ton of, um, you know, nest egg, rainy day saving type thing going on. Um, so I feel like being out of coaching for three to five years is a much bigger deal to him probably than it is to freeze. Um, and as yes. I said, I don't really think anyone else, the NCAA has leverage like that on anyone else. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I have no inside information. I'm simply relaying the rumor to Jor. And I even told you, you know, the, the, the origination of it and why I think, you know, it might actually have some legs just because Wolken specifically, um, and Robertson less frequently, but still frequently, has had confidence in what's going to happen in this investigation. It goes all the way back to uh, predicting a second notice of allegations. Um, some people claim Robertson predicted the draft night fiasco, although, as I talked about on the show, I think that's unfounded. Um, Wolken predicted uh, – they predicted the burner phones being an issue, although that's interesting because we know Barney admitted to using burner phones in an interview, but it seems like the NCAA – never sought the burner phones or there, there's no allegations that actually involve burner phones. So I'm still confused as to one, why we had burner phones if we weren't using them to do things like, you know, talk to the rebel rags owner during recruiting weekends about free merch allegedly, or, um, I mean, the other thing that came out this week that actually is the opposite direction was Wolken tweeting out breaking, uh, Houston nuts attorney has told me that Hugh freeze called the owner of funkies, 200 times over two years or something like that um, oh man and yeah see that's that's not really crazy at all when you think about it because they actually were apparently really good friends which is hilarious right you know everybody's asking how could we have known that freeze wasn't who he said he was how could we have known he wasn't a man of his values well his best friend owned a daiquiri bar in a college town so that's a that's a pretty good indicator right uh, there that yeah, makes great or, pizza um, their pizza is delicious what, John? The pizza's, the pizza's mediocre as fuck. No, it's and, not. It's really uh, good. It's fucking mediocre. 
No. When I was in, you want good pizza around Oxford, you got to go to St. Leo or you got to drive all the way to Tribeca. All right, you should be able to go to Tupelo and get Vanellis. Anyway, point is that uh, when I was in high school, there was a certain bar that um, everybody was like, hey, if you want to sneak into a bar, you just climb through the window at this one place and they yeah. don't care. Yeah. And then uh, maybe after they got in trouble a couple times with uh, ABC. ABC or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, then they started, you know, starting to pretend to care a little bit. But uh, uh, this bar, which may or may not be the bar you're talking about, sure. maybe I'm just bringing it up for no goddamn reason because that's who I am. But uh, yeah, this bar that I'm talking about is sketchy as fuck. And if uh, a good Christian man is hanging out with uh, that guy, yeah. Yeah, well, not only is he hanging out with it, if you look at Ole Miss Twitter or anyone anyone that's being dismissive of Vulcan's tweet, probably righteously so, they're literally saying Freeze was best friends with Lee Harris. I think Parham tweeted that out, um, a bunch of other people. So, Five o'clock circles, part of happy. Okay, I'm going to take on that, too. On okay? what? Take on what? Well, on, on, on the way people responded to that, the yeah. way everybody got that, mm-hmm. by, like, Vulcan. All right, so was Hugh Freeze calling – Lee Harris 200 times, 200 times about, we're, we're all 200 of those about, like, recruits getting free shit or whatever, players nah. getting benefit. No. But is Freeze really friends with anybody that's not giving him free shit? Like, let's be honest. A certain person that um, is working for, uh, uh, you know, one of the big subscription websites likes to get efficient with them. was basically his personal propaganda man publishing yep. free eight and Like, you tell me players didn't get occasional free pizzas from uh, from Monkeys. I've seen, I'm not I may or may not have seen players on, in there getting free pizza. in any way, then what's the Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. I've allegedly seen some of our offensive linemen in there getting free pizza. Allegedly. Okay, so let's talk Let's talk about that yeah, because – Better food than Funky's pizza. They would be able to actually execute the stupid pull the guard running plays. Is Lee Harris to blame for Justin Bell not being able <laughs> – I will say this: I've seen I've seen an exchange pleasantries with Hugh Freeze in there. Nice. You, you personally times. have multiple to him, times. Yeah. Did he have a styrofoam cup in his hand? How did Rod Taylor get arrested for shoplifting? Right. Gun? Okay. Okay. No, I'm about to ask you. That's what I was going to ask about. So we just had more. We just had more <laughs> shoplifting. We just had more shoplifting. Uh, what's it, Ken uh, Webster? And who was who was with them? Oh, Bing Dukes. Right. They were they were they shoplift cleaning supplies. So my question is. First of all, do we know where they were? Weston, do you know what store it was? I thought it was Walmart. Okay, that makes sense. Allegedly. If it was Walmart, it makes sense that they would get in trouble. But I just keep wondering, whenever players get arrested for shoplifting, I wonder if it's a um, Jameis Winston situation where he was allowed to take it and the wrong person didn't know that and called the cops. That's always a question. Um, If you don't understand what's going on, players aren't – necessarily shoplifting they they usually and i don't know if this is what's going on with old miss the fact that it was at walmart i think makes it less likely if it was like big star or something i would say wow loyalty more so than others <laughs> yeah yeah they, the they, program. usually if you hear about a player get arrested for shoplifting in the town where their school is that is a misunderstanding that player a, thought they were allowed to take it part what the miscommunication on right. the store's part. Exactly, exactly. You know, they're entitled as a star player. 
But so I, I wonder about that. That's that's a that's an odd situation because right, like why why else would you try to steal this stuff? It doesn't make any sense. People make fun of the crab legs thing. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to just steal crab legs unless everything in the store was free until then. And then it's like, oh, I want some crab legs today. And then it makes perfect sense. Oh, Evan with the catch, seven yards. Oh yeah, we I've got actually, the Browns Giants preseason game on. I should say. So last year, me and my girlfriend went to Funky's to get some daiquiris and pizza at about six thirty. Mm-hmm. And we were we went in there, and of course, uh, Freeze was you know like, oh hey, how y'all doing? Like you know, walking out the door, and you're like, hey, you know, the kit, the bartenders. There's the one guy that's always in there with the hat, mm-hmm. and some other whatever. It's like one of the main bartenders. They're back there, you know, frantically working. And I was like, hey, you know, we can we get some pizza? He's like, no, nah, man, you know, you just saw Hugh. He goes, we we got to make pizza. You know, this was after two a day. It's like fall camp last year. Freeze yeah. had got went to went to Funky's and allegedly. Uh, had had them make pizzas for the whole team. Well, he probably which, paid for those. To be fair, probably. But uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, no, yeah, was, yeah. Uh, that's the that's the connection for people that aren't in Oxford. There has been a long known Funkiest Freeze connection. Um, so yeah, now Wolken has has blown the lid off that one. Um, should we talk about the other? The other uh, kind of phone record news. I guess it was like Saturday. Um, I, I don't really, I, I guess this is just the story, you know, like when freeze resigned and we heard there was a pattern of misbehavior, I guess now we're just going to get a lot of reporting on like specifically what type of call girls Hugh freeze was interested in. I mean, to me, it all seems kind of repetitive. Like, don't we already know this, but I guess this is how you get the story. They had a call, um, in Houston, I think sometime when freeze was there recruiting writer Anderson, um, and they posted like screenshots of the website and stuff. I mean, table, I know that you had a, you had a take on this that we were maybe going to save for later in the show. Um, but just, it, does anybody have any, I just don't, I don't know. It just, it just seems like, how is this really adding to the story? Right. I guess we're fleshing out the pattern of misbehavior. Well, if you watch the Tiger Woods documentary this weekend, you had a big context point. Okay. So let me get into this. I did not watch uh, it, but what is it? Okay. First, this is, Explains why he would fly out to recruit Ryder Anderson, who you know, had an <laughs> Arkansas offer allegedly to, uh, you know, revoked, and uh, apparently come did not look. You know, come on, yeah, you know, come on, low three star. He's a two star on some services. Come on, yeah, because we have so many. We had so many defensive ends in that class. I think that is beyond conspiracy theory to accuse Freeze of recruiting out of state just because he's – come on. Well, I mean, everybody talks about how all our players come from the suburbs and stuff. That's something y'all talked about. Sure, yeah. These players coming from these, these suburbs right outside big cities where you can easily – yeah, I don't know. I think there's a connection. Anyway, point is that we were watching this Tiger Woods documentary. I feel like someone needs to go up. I feel like someone needs to – Share. Wait, was that your take? Wasn't who had the take about why Freeze can't recruit Mississippi? That was not me. I might. Maybe, this sounds I, like a. It uh, might have been Neil. Oh, Neil no, McMillan. he's going out of state. That's what I've been saying. Yeah, he said he, he couldn't recruit Mississippi because there were too many eyes here. That's why his in-state recruiting sucks so bad. He had to go out of state. I thought that was the definitive Freeze recruiting take. So yeah, he's got to go out of state places where he can. Uh, there we go. You know, get these um, get these uh, escorts, but. Uh, Okay, so you watched the Tiger documentary. You were saying, yeah, we watched the Tiger documentary, and, and I was just like, I made uh, John pause it, rewind it to make sure I heard this right because, uh, okay, so uh, most people tell you that uh, you talk about um, the Keanu Reeves 
sci-fi movie from the late 90s, early 2000s about computers and stuff, they'll think I'm talking about The Matrix. Sure. But me, an intellectual, I prefer Johnny Mnemonic, all right? Which okay, never heard of it. I'm interested. It's a cyberpunk movie. It's fantastic. Uh, you should watch it. Um, Dolph Lundgren plays a very Hugh Freeze-type character, which is interesting. But um, in it, Keanu Reeves gives a speech about how he doesn't want to save the world because he wants room service. He wants a club sandwich and a Mexican beer and a $10,000 a night hooker. Oh, God. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> it's an amazing piece of cinema. But what's interesting is that uh, during the Tiger Woods documentary, apparently that's exactly what he paid for prostitutes, $10,000 a night. In Vegas. In Vegas. Okay. That's a lot. And, yeah. And for anything. I've, I've never spent $10,000 on, like, anything. Go on. Um, prostitution is legal in, in Las Vegas. Is it? Um, yeah. There's an HBO show about uh, that, too. Like, legal prostitution in Vegas. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, so Freeze could have um, been recruiting, you know, West Coast kids. He could have been recruiting Polynesian kids in Nevada and yeah, had an excuse to go to Vegas and engage in legal prostitution. Um, and he didn't. Freeze was, uh, and, and um, the last New York politician, they got busted with escorts. Yeah. $4,000 a night. So maybe that's the New York to Las Vegas. Exchange rate? Exchange rate, hmm. I guess. It's hmm. doubly expensive. I don't know. Well, you know, but... tourist traps, you know, they're going to they're gonna gouge you. So. What, what I do Vegas. know is that Hugh Freeze was paying... Uh, yeah, $180 an hour. Oh, that's the well, one. From the number that's been tweeted out, that's what they were yeah. quoting, is that what you're saying? $180 an hour. So, wow, Freeze, Freeze really had low standards compared to Tiger. So, <laughs> so, so, so yeah, he's paying them hourly. hourly. So even, even uh, allegedly, so even if he lets them spend the night and say they're there 12 hours, you know, if he lets them spend the night or if he asks them to spend the night in exchange for his money, I don't think they're necessarily like dying to spend time with him. (laughs) Yeah. Poor wording on my part. Anyway, 12 hours. That's still only $2,160 a night compared to. And also how often, how often when he was recruiting, did freeze really get to hole up in a hotel room for 12 hours? I don't know. So probably even less than that. So I was kind of laughing about that, even though it's not funny. But then I stopped laughing because this is really fucked up when you think about it. Yeah. Because, you know, I was paying so cheap for prostitutes. Go on. Because he was getting prostitutes in Houston. And Houston, Texas has a notorious uh, sex trafficking problem. Wow. Especially with the Asian community. That is terrible. You're completely right. Yeah. So I'm like, honest to God, it's really fucked up. No, Freeze was was funding human trafficking. Because it's funding human trafficking, yeah. like not a joke. Like when Hobby Lobby turned out to be funding ISIS, like yeah, that's really fucked up shit. And I'm glad that um, you know, I guess the rival fan base hasn't like, you know, like politicized that like as a like a. Well, that's because they don't know because they don't read. It's a serious yeah. issue. I, mean, I am surprised that they haven't jumped on that. That's because but, uh, the reason that they haven't moved on to that is because they 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 still are 
insisting that it was like recruiting related, like uh, like he was doing this uh, yeah, yeah. for recruits. Um, so they're not going to give up on that narrative because they they're really invested in that one, uh, which makes but. perfect sense. That uh, you know, he would go for an in-home visit, and then just you know bring along a call girl. Um, that would really help the parents be on your side, I'm sure. Uh, and that totally wouldn't have gotten out, you know, years ago if he was doing that. Uh, I think my favorite was, and I, I think you guys will appreciate this because some of the people I've told it to, I feel like didn't fully grasp it. My favorite theory I read was that, uh, oh, I might have texted this to you guys, was that um, Shay turned 18 like two days before the Tampa call that got Freeze fired eventually, um, the call to the Tampa escort service. So the theory was that for Shay's 18th birthday, Freeze went to Tampa, which is like only a few hours from Bradenton, which is where IMG is, and he bought a prostitute for Shay, and then two days later, Shay started class at Ole Miss. So Shay went home for Christmas, and then in January, went back to the school he had graduated from the month before so that he could sleep with the prostitute that Freeze had driven from Tampa and then went to Oxford two days later. I mean, that's airtight. <laughs> if you can't see the obvious recruiting implications here, like you're just you're just blind because uh, that's perfect logic right there. Some some elite dogs conspiracy level. No, it's interesting, Weston, that you yeah. mentioned you mentioned Winona, right? Because I don't really know anything about Winona, but I do know that Lee Wooldridge, uh, Coach Thirty Four, random poster, all of that. Um, allegedly, I'll say allegedly because he's been threatening legal action lately uh, against Alex McDaniel, which is funny. Um, he oh, has wow, this conspiracy crazy. Twitter account, uh, or not Twitter account, conspiracy elite dogs posting account that is obsessed with this idea that the Bank of Winona was funding Ole Miss's illegal recruitment payments. It's just it's re- it's random. You would say Winona. I, I'm it doesn't make any sense. Why would you need a bank to do that? These are rich yeah. people. Well, the thing is, like, there's actually, like, Winona has, like, a really nice, like, decent little downtown. It's just, like, everything is kind of, like, about a, you know, it's off the, you know, all yeah. you see passing up 55, sure. up or down 55 is, like, the what used to be the stuck. You have to drive, like, off the interstate a little bit to actually get to town. You know, a cheap, fun fact, you know, Chief Brown is, before right. he got really injured, was, like, he was going to, I mean, he if, he, if you go back and watch, like, in 2015, you know, he finally, like, they put him in, and he, he had a good, like, you know, last, like, two to three games when they right. played him. And he played in the he played in the bowl game, too. And, you know, I think in 2013 is when they signed him, or maybe before that, but he blew out his knees real bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still, like, he, he still was a solid contributor there in the end. But, I mean, he was one of my favorite, like, he, he's from my known, he's one of my favorite, uh, you know, uh, Ole Miss, I guess, defensive backs. Because he, he was, you know, he made two, he made two great interceptions, in that LSU game, and that we won with the with the Ritter field goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I but remember. I think then, as he got injured in that game, I think and he, it was like he blew at his knee or towards ACL or something. It was it was really bad. Maybe he, Sawyer had a sick interception in that game too. Yeah, I know that was a bummer. Yeah. What happened to Chief? He was a good kid for sure. Um, okay, what remembering Chief Brown? I just makes me want to know. Like everybody share like the most random on this football player that they remember. that you can think of. Okay, so Chief Brown is Wes's. Uh, okay, random. most random player we can think of. I'm going to say Pierce Burton, that, like, skinny white offensive lineman. Is he playing in the NFL right now? Oh, 
Uh, he might be playing Arena or Canada or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but well, he was super random. A... Frieza's first pledge class, Juka. Well, you can think of a non-starter. Pick a non-starter. Oh, a non. Okay, okay, a non-starter. Okay, I thought we were just trying to think of just random people. <laughs> Apparently, Pierce Barron yeah. plays for the Colts. Really? I'll give you one. I'll give you one that's uh, that as he used to nut day that actually lived in the apartment I live in now before I moved in. Uh, uh, Brashawn Matthews. That sounds familiar. What about uh? He was, uh, he was a long-haired backup safety with all the tattoos. Brishan Matthews. Brishan, yeah, yeah Brishan Matthews. That guy. There's a Brishan. I call him Brishan. Brishan. Carlton Martin. Carlton Martin. Yes. Yeah, table. He lived in my apartment before I moved here, like a you know a year or two before I moved in. So, him. He was roommates with here with Barry Brunetti. Yeah. Oh, dude, Barry. Dude, uh, Barry was awesome. I love that guy. I took classes with him. Uh. Well, now we're just talking about players we like because I was just going to say Mike Mary. He was definitely a starter, but I love that guy. When we were in college, uh, when we lived on Anderson Road, on these little duplexes, um, one day uh, Barry Brunetti and Mike Mary were like on my street. There's like 10 houses on it, and they're just looking around, and I recognized uh, – well, I recognized both of them, but I knew Barry from class. And I was like, what's up? What are y'all doing? He was like, oh, we're looking at moving in here. And I was like, oh, do you want to see one? And then, like, Mike Mary and uh, Barry Brunetti, like, came in our apartment. And it was really cool. And then Mike Mary was like, hey, what's up? I'm Mike Mary. I was like, yeah, dude, I know, you, I know you're Mike Mary, dude. Like, I go to school here. Like, I'm a fan. Like, <laughs> this is cool, dude. But it was, it was cool. So I love those guys. Uh, I thought Barry always got a bad rap, man. He was a nice kid. He, well, my landlord said he was telling me some stuff. But he said that Barry was – has a very level head on his shoulders compared to a lot of people. He was a really nice guy. He was quiet. I took yeah. Spanish with yeah. him, and he hated being there even more than me. So I have a, <laughs> I have some. I uh... took Spanish with uh, Gerald Rivers. Oh, and, that's a random one. Yeah, and and he was a big Braves fan, and so was my, my old roommate. That dude's and also so in the league, right? Cool. Say what? Joe Rivers also in the league, isn't he? Uh, he was with the Jaguars, and then he was with, like, the Chargers or something. Didn't he make the Ram roster? I think he's with the Rams now, yeah. Um, Geraldo, so we called him Spanish class. But he was a Braves Houston, fan. Like Houston Texans. Houston Texans. And so he used to go to the LaFayette Place pool. Nice. And we'd hang out with him. We'd drink beer after class every day. And then he'd always have some girl show up, and he'd be like, all right, y'all can beat it now. <laughs> <laughs> he would, he would banish you from the pool at the apartment? <laughs> Not really. He just like give us a look, and we're like, we know what that means. That's hilarious. Uh, I'll tell like, you another. Uh, um, for like, a while, I've... Paul Jackson lived in my little neighborhood over here off Jackson Avenue. I, for those listeners, I don't know. I live in Oxford Square townhomes. It's behind the Rice and Spice off Jackson Avenue in Oxford. Oh, uh, that's uh, a good location. That's a great location. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Dante Moncrief lived here at uh, the same time Barry and uh, Brashawn did. And so you got to. There's been a lot. There's been a few players. There. Do y'all remember when Billy Tapp made that really sick spin move? <laughs> Billy Tapp ran for a first down one time against, like, I forgot fucking who. That's sad. <laughs> the game. <laughs> Billy Tapp made, like, a uh, like a, a, a Madden game-worthy spin move. Like, he was smashing that. Was Man, I remember when Dante would come in, like, him and Barry would, like, throw the ball and, like, you know, Come outside and throw the football around. That was pretty good. Fun. Players, I remember Markeith Summers and Lionel Bro. And... Yeah, no, I was, Melvin, I Harris. Mean, Melvin Harris, Melvin Harris, no, um, no. my same roommate uh, that used to hang out with Gerald Rivers. His name was Matt Smith. 
He um, gave Melvin Harris a ride one time, and so Melvin Harris, uh, uh, well, they, they expect we'd watch Dora the Explorer after that. <laughs> really into it. Well, wow, this is really feeding into well, everything we talked about. We talked about how football players are really dumb before the show. You want to hear a random name that y'all might not remember? You might, might or might yeah. not during the Eli Manning era. Who? Uh, you remember the uh, the fullback Charlie Stackhouse? Yeah, he played. He, he ended up playing for the Giants too. He, he played. Uh, he played fullback behind Eli for a few years. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He guy. was one of my favorites, like during the era, just because he was like a pretty hard runner and just he was a good blocker. He's good rebel. Is that what people he's say? A, he's a fullback, dude. He's a lunch pail guy. He goes to work, puts his hard hat on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I he's a big football guy. Him, you know, yeah, well, he, he caught a few, he caught a few, uh, you know, touchdown passes out of the backfield. You know, he he was a he's probably one of the better players on the offensive side of the ball that nobody talked about very much. I mean, so does everything? Is it? I meant to bring this up earlier. We were talking about the eclipse and football coaches. If you're a football coach this time of the year, are you just annoyed by anything that isn't? I mean, maybe just by everything, but anything that isn't football? Because like, what's up with all these coaches getting mad about the damn eclipse? Like Saban was pissed about it. And then everybody's trying to act like they're Nick Saban. Ooh, Nick Saban like, if Nick Saban does so, like, like, if Nick yeah, Muschamp was like, oh, I hate the Eclipse, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nick like, <laughs> I don't know. He's like, I don't know about any of this stuff. And they're all like, like, yeah, that's for nerds. Did anybody, did, did Mike Leach get asked about the Eclipse? I think no, he, he was, was interested. Exactly. I saw a gif of Leach doing, like, a hand signal that looked like an Eclipse. I don't know what it was in relation to. But, yeah, I liked how Saban said that he didn't need to see the Eclipse because he watches the Weather Channel every day. Like, that's like saying, literally, like, you could use that excuse for anything. Like, uh, oh, man, are you going, are you going skiing this winter? Day. Like, no, I've seen snow on the Weather Channel. Are you going to the beach? Like, no, no, there's sunny weather on the Weather Channel. Like, that's, if that's the, the level for, like, getting out of stuff, I, would, I have to start using that. Like, oh, <laughs> no, I actually watched the Weather Channel today. I can't come to work. Uh, I've already seen what it looks like outside. I don't need to leave my house. <laughs> Ole Miss players. Yeah, I just feel like we need to. I mean, okay, it's basketball instead of football, but Dundrikus Nelson has his own place. <laughs> yeah, oh, dude, classic. Remember what about oh. Derek Millinghouse? Oh, okay. Say- uh, yeah, Derek Millinghouse. I remember <laughs> seeing on campus all the time. That dude was legit, like five four. He ended up going to Southern sh- too. Before I can get a shout out to good. Jared Duke is my favorite random. Oh yeah, because he's a fan. Jared Duke's a Oxford <laughs> Faux Art fan. He's the man. Yeah, uh, we're big fans of uh, his on the show. And Jeremy Liggins. Jeremy Liggins was a better quarterback than Kincaid or Ryan Buchanan. I know this because Buchanan doesn't even play anymore. No, dude, Kincaid is like okay. No, K- Kincaid. The offense. The offense averaged less yards per carry against SEC opponents when Kincaid was in than when Jeremy Liggins was yeah, in. Yeah, but I don't. I think if Liggins had gone to Grambling, he wouldn't have had the season Kincaid had, is, is my evidence. I don't know. He might have been really, he, he really might have. fucking good at I don't Grambling. Know. I don't know. Good, good GK quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. Um, speaking, of, speaking of Buchanan, he is now, from what I last heard or saw, he was a bartender at South Depot. So. Really? I thought he was selling insurance or something, like all respectable Jackson family white quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess that was – I don't know if he's graduated <laughs> now. But as of, as of like, a year ago or whatever, he was, like, a bartender. Like, I guess he was still – I assumed he was still in school. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> He's just yeah. a bar, you know, bartender pouring marks at South Depot, dude. That's cool, man. I mean, that remember when Marshall Henderson was a guest bartender for a night, and it was kind of yeah. like, I was just waiting what? for him to extend that residency permanently. Like, I guarantee you he would make more money bartending in Oxford than he does playing basketball in Israel. Or yeah, I was at a wherever party the heck he's Marshall. at. He's not even – he was in a rock. He was playing basketball in a rock two seasons ago. Yeah. Like, I just come back to Oxford, man. Like, just be a bartender. That's a great <laughs> idea for you. <laughs> I was Marshall, at a party with Marshall uh, yeah, hey. a few, about Jeff a year or two ago. Remember when the CIA tried to get youth in America to do crack? Yeah, the Yeah, that's what Marshall's doing for the CIA, allegedly, in Iraq. Is he's trying to hmm. get them all some cocaine. Wait, John, were you saying that Jeff should hire Marshall to be, like, associate uh, chancellor for athletics? <laughs> yeah, vice yeah. chancellor. Why not? Why, dude? Yes. Marshall Henderson, athletic director, would be awesome. That would be so. Tight. <laughs> I'd take support. His that. press conferences would be so lit, dude. Like he's wearing like a cherry red suit, and he's like popping that shit like in the face of like Auburn's <laughs> athletic director. Oh my god, that would be amazing. Yeah, I could I, support that. I love it. I Yo, love it. You said yeah when he, Martin, when he was. Right? Uh, when yeah, I, I talked to him at this party I was at a couple of years ago. Like this is after he, like he had, I guess the season he just finished in Iraq and he was back in Oxford. But uh-huh. you know, it's just kind of, it was just I don't know. Was, he was just I guess he wasn't you know he had his I guess on the court kind of like public persona just kind of turned off. He's just like a regular dude. Yeah, I, I mean I saw he, him plenty of times yeah. out in Oxford and would like chat with him a little bit. I mean he was usually focused on females, but he was still a really nice guy. Yeah, and like you said, he was a lot more chill. I mean, I think it's so funny, like, that when people talk about how Marshall is this terrible guy off the field, like, especially, like, rival fans, state fans, whatever, they always post that picture of him and that girl, you know, with her tongue stuck out, and he's, like, pretending like he's going to bite it or whatever. It's, like, that's just, like, such a goofy, dumb joke picture that, like, a million people take at the bar every night. And, like, people act like he was, like, making out with her. Like, I think they were just friends. It was just a dumb picture. Like, to act like that's indicative of anything is just so silly to me when it's literally just a goofy picture. Like, that doesn't – he doesn't – he wasn't at the bar every night with his tongue out wagging, like, trying to bite people if that's the image you're trying to portray of him. Like, he was a regular guy. Isn't that what commenter would call hetero-shaming? Hetero-shaming, yeah. (laughs) Maybe so. That's a joke. at the party I was at too, it's like he, he didn't know, have the, the antenna turned on for girls. It's just there was it was kind of a it wasn't like a rage or anything. It was just kind of like a chill and you know there there were there were some people there, but it weren't just like just crazy packed or anything. It was you know it was out at Highland Square was, and he was just I was having drinks, Henderson. Chilling. I would go to bars to make out with girls, or if I was gay, I would go to make out with dudes. Like I'm going to get some ass either way. If I'm Marshall Henderson, <laughs> why else do you go to a bar? If you're Marshall Henderson. Illuminating. Table Cobbleson's thoughts if he was Marshall Henderson. I love it. <laughs> uh, wait, John, let's get, in, let's get into that AP Top 25. We we're going we to run through it real quick and see if anything jumps out at us. I'll pull it up as well. Hang on, i got to find it again. All right, John, while you're I'm pulling Googling. that up. Yeah, Carl, go ahead. Carl, yep. And then Carlton Martin, if you're out there listening, I can make you a, a star. I can make you a star athlete. All right, I know football maybe didn't work out. Hear me out, okay? So <laughs> I was watching sports science the other day, mm-hmm. and um, they were showing how a semi wrestler is this your sumo doesn't generate diet theory? Hear me out. Doesn't generate the same force as even fucking Kobe Fleener, two hundred fifty pound Kobe Fleener, can um, come from the same like stance huh. and hitting a pass. 
They tested it, okay? It's, it's, it's probably it's force by weight, right? Like it's relative force. I'm oh, sure it has so more. The problem is that, no, 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 no. It, it was straight up because the problem is that uh, sumo wrestlers that get up to, even when they're up to 300 pounds, only has the same, uh, like, a muscle right. as a football player. It's like 250 pounds. That makes pounds sense. So was like it like leverage or something because they weigh so much? They can, like, there has to be some reason Kobe Fleener can't win thing. a sumo fight. Well, no, it's the, well. Um, let me finish. Is that uh, they have these these carb loaded uh, diets, and um, there was a Russian guy that came in one time, and a, and a Hawaiian guy that came in, and they dominated sumo for a little bit. And even though the Ramesses didn't have great technique, they made it all almost all the way up to the top level. Because um, they came in, they were physically stronger, and it's because of their diets. Now. If we take a football player who's been on a football diet and he's got a lot of protein, he's got a lot of meat and peanut butter, and he's got more muscle mass underneath, um, you know, the layers of fat, not, you know, just carb loading, but more protein loading, you know, I mean, yeah, you got to learn the technique. You got to have that low pad level, but uh, we can go in hmm. and we can get stuff done. We can go and we can run the cement table. So you're basically, so saying, the table is basically I'm, looking I'm for. I'm saying we can jump in. You know, to uh, you're you specifically are looking for a Manchurian candidate, essentially that you're going to to cultivate and turn into a a sumo wrestler with you as as the mastermind. Yeah, I like it. Like it. Where he gets a cricket kid to play baseball. What would they call? What would they call your Moneyball equivalent about this scheme? What would they call it? Volleyball, dumpling balls. I don't know. Um, well, we'll worry about that after Carl Martin reaches out to me and we uh, we get this going. Well, Same I'm thing not, for Rod Taylor right now. Wait or um, I, back off of Rod Taylor. We need him to play some football this year. Oh jeez, I'm just saying, uh, football guys, football's not working. You want to play arena ball? You want to come to Japan with me? We're going to revolutionize the sumo game. And you know what? Everybody's going to be in our sumo stable after we introduce the protein-loaded diet. You know, we'll, we'll get all the good local talent, and then too, we'll, we'll we'll run the tables. I like it. I, th- I think it's solid. I'd be. It would be interesting. It's, it's an interesting thought experiment, right? To think about right, like right. what if a different sport was dominant in America? Like, what would we all look like if sumo was like the varsity sport at all of our high schools? We'd probably all be fat as shit, right? Well, you know, I just thought about um, it's like uh, bringing bringing this new diet to Simo would be like the same as when Bruce Lee was the first martial artist to be like really fit and be into like bodybuilding and all that stuff too, and not just all about the technique. It makes you sense. Know, you look, I think it checks it, out. And they, you know, didn't have like these super fit bodies, and then Bruce Lee added like the technique to like the athletic body. Yeah, the work. I, I think I think your logic is sound. Um, I do hope someone takes you up on the offer because I would love to uh, to follow along. With See that. So I yeah, got the I got the AP top twenty five up. Um, I'm gonna be honest, good. really unprepared nation. Like I'm unprepared for old Misses season, but I'm really unprepared for the the nation at large. So I'm hoping some of you guys uh, maybe a little more tuned in. I mean, obviously I've heard lots of stuff. Alabama correctly ranked at number one by I think everyone's estimation, right? I mean, I, obviously I know yeah. Alabama's <laughs> roster fairly well from playing them every year. Um, Status quo. No controversy there, right? Ohio State, number two. Um, yeah. We'll see, I mean, right? Urban Meyer, 
the only coach arguably as good as Saban. That's right. going to be the top coaching. What about where's Clemson going to be this year without uh, Deshaun? Now, I mean, what? Well, they start out at fifth, but yeah, what kind of season are they going to have? I wonder. I, I don't even know. Like, who's? I don't know. Obviously, don't know anything about the Clemson roster or anything. So I, I don't know who's going to be replacing him or. I don't either, sadly. Et cetera, et cetera. For the sports podcast that we're hosting, but yeah. <laughs> five still seems high. Um, Florida State at three is interesting because they, they seem to have a lot of pieces. Obviously, I'm familiar with the roster from last year. Um, I, I, my real question with Florida State is really just from the Ole Miss perspective. Do we think Cam Akers is going to do much this season as freshman year? I mean, I think at Ole Miss, he certainly would have got a lot of touches. Who is, who is I mean, the running back for them now? Like, I, there's a couple. There were a couple that were ahead of him. Uh, Dalvin but, Cook is gone. Go on. Wasn't the whole like only sad argument people made as to why Cam Newton or Cam uh, Akers should, for some reason, good old Miss, like, yeah, for touches. That was the only the only argument was that Ole Miss sucked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> only argument. So I think they'll have somebody. No, no, I don't fault. I don't fault Akers. I mean, hey, who looks really freaking smart? Uh, in the last six months, you know, who, who saw this coming? Uh, yes. What's his face? The defensive line coach that left after a month, but also Cam Akers, uh, saw the writing on the wall for sure with Ole Miss and made the right decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, see, that makes me think just making a smart choice, like going to Florida state instead of being in this shit show that we're that Ole Miss is in. Mm-hmm. Makes me think Cam Akers is going to pan out. Yeah, and probably will play this season. I think so, too. So, good luck to him. Go for it, Cam. USC at four. Now, this is our first real, like, huh. Is, yeah. Is USC good? I mean, did y'all see him? Best, Penn quarter, State? best quarterbacks, not even close. Well, Penn State's got to be in the top. Penn State's got to be up there, too. Penn State's year. number six. I mean, Penn State in the Rose Bowl, yeah. they look good. Um, yeah, Rose uh, is the that quarterback, was, That was right? a good game. USC that was a really good one thing. Josh I think the defense really is going to be really good this year because okay. I think it is it Lancey Pendergast, their defensive coordinator. He runs a um, what's called a five-two, but it's not like the the '80s Bears when they would run their five-two. It's actually a four-three, except um, it's a little different, and I'll tell you why. So the outside linebacker slash defensive end guys. Uh-huh. Are true tweeners, okay? They are guys like um, Devin Kennard that plays for the Giants uh, that um, really just are not big enough to really be a defensive end and aren't as good in coverage as you want out of a linebacker but aren't terrible in coverage or kind of how those guys work. And then they have um, one you know, big, huge nose tackle in the middle. Now, where it's different is because it being a 5-2 in quotes instead of a 3-4 is because they blitz their strong side rush linebacker. Mm-hmm. Really, he's a rush linebacker. He's a, their strong side linebacker, rushes as much as the weak side linebacker. Um, so because of that, a lot of time, other times in 3-4, you have that guy drop back a lot more. But because of that, you don't have to have these uh, tall – Two uh, two gap guys um, playing defensive end on the ends, and by defensive end, those are like the defensive tackle, defensive end type mm-hmm. hybrid guys. You don't have to have them playing on the ends, being tall and stealing off the edge because the left tackle and the right tackle are going to be worried about these small fast guys regardless. So 
you have two three technique guys, which are usually like this short, you know, like not short, but short by football defensive tackle standard six foot to six two, um, two hundred eighty pounds to three hundred pound, uh, you know, uh, gap shooting defensive tackles. Um, you know, the ultimate uh, three technique guy was Warren Sapp. Um, Glenn Dorsey is an SXC example. I love but, Warren Sapp. What a great player. But because of that, um, what that does is that, can, that that shuts down the run unless you're playing anybody like uh, like when they played Alabama last year. And, you know, Alabama just had that monster offensive line. Um, but then what you do is if you get stuck in a spread against a spread team, you pull off the nose tackle and you just play with an undersized fast front. And if that's too undersized, you take out one of the three technique guys you put in. Uh, you leave in the nose tackle, and it's a regular, uh, looks more like a 4-3, except that um, your strong side defensive end is a little undersized. In which case, it actually looks like the Indianapolis Colts 4-3 defense that they ran under Tony Dungy when they transitioned a little bit away from the Tampa 2. Um, they, you know, they had Robert Mathis, who's only 240 pounds, playing defensive end. He's the equivalent size of one of these linebacker tweeners. Anyway... Um, I don't know. I didn't know. I remembered all this stuff about X's and O's bullshit football, and I didn't get into one technique versus five technique. Anything and all that. else, Wes? Because I do think USC <laughs> will have a good defense this year. <laughs> okay, US, So you think USC is correctly rated at number four? That's high. I think this is more not knowing who is good at all, right? They're just like, well, USC is you. They could be good. So, well, who else is going to win the pack? Well, hold, hold on like, here. Yeah. This is what this whole thing shows. You know, there's a lot of fake news and a lot of fake news jokes out there, but the AP preseason poll is actually a real example of fake news. <laughs> well, it's a poll, which is just kind of stupid. Before a game has ever been played, it's kind of dumb anyway, but I guess AP voters take this stuff seriously. Uh, is Notre Dame on there, like, really highly or anything? Uh, not high. I don't see them, so no. Man, well, be ever there, since they got beaten by Bama a few years ago, like, they got just – Wit. I mean, they've just completely. It seems they, like they're not ranked in the they're top. They're the third receiving votes, so twenty-eight. Oh man! Okay, so it was USC at four. Who was five again? Uh, five is Clemson. Six is Penn State. Okay. Seven's okay. Oklahoma. Michigan uh, is Michigan in there? Yeah, Michigan's coming up at eleven. That seems low. Okay. I mean, that it seems like Michigan well, would be higher than eleven. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. they don't have their quarterback settled yet, I guess. Um, yeah. They have Christian I think they'll Caffrey, be good. brother. Nice. He's a freshman. I think he's expected to compete to start this year. Is he, is oh, he playing okay. on him back? No, he's a quarterback. Oh, okay. Interesting. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, he was a high four-star quarterback. Um, We skipped over Washington. Shout out, Neil, if you're listening. That's yeah. in respect. Uh, Wisconsin That's at nine. Good. Oklahoma State at ten. Is Oklahoma State good? I mean, my my <laughs> last memory of them. They'll start out like good, and then they'll lose a couple big games and like blow the the big the the Big yeah. Twelve or whatever. They're going to play. They're going to South Alabama. Really? Uh, no, Oklahoma State's going there, and they're going somewhere else. Oklahoma State's going to South Alabama. That's that sound right. All right, John, pull it up. How do they I'll get? Just... How does South Alabama get that? That doesn't make I sense. I don't know. I don't believe that. <laughs> what the fuck? That's, that's insane. Fake, is South Alabama not. Power Five? Like, how, what kind of leverage do they have over these people? People need them for sure. something? That's insane. Wait, I'm pulling up right now. Oklahoma, they play another game. I went, what the fuck? 
They play uh, insane. Oklahoma State. Listen to the okay. <laughs> Tulsa. They go to they go at South Alabama and then at Pittsburgh. What? <laughs> what? Weird. That is so strange. <laughs> Why would you go at South Alabama? They can't pay. I'm sure. I don't. I don't understand. I'm so confused. Bedlam is early November. It's on Thanksgiving weekend this year. What is this? What on earth? That is odd. All right. Well, so Oklahoma State. Maybe they're good. I don't know. That blows my by mind. By the time you get to them, everybody's mediocre, and you're just like, eh, pick a name. I guess. Some... And we're only at ten, so that's what? a good. That's a good sign. Uh, Michigan's name. eleven. <laughs> Auburn's 12, LSU's 13. So, yeah, a lot of mediocrity there. I mean, I think Auburn could definitely be good, but they could have been good every season for, like, the last six years. It's just like it, like Jeremy Johnson, it depends if Jared Stidham's, like, decent right, enough to – Right, And I think Stidham will be better I, than I, Jeremy I no Johnson. Idea. But, I mean, yeah, that's what's so weird about these prognostications is, like, we heard how good Jeremy Johnson was for an entire offseason, and he sucked really bad, like, yeah. forever. He was so bad. And, like, it's just – it's just hilarious. Like, I don't even know why they try to do this crap. I guess because they get clicks and then we're talking about it. So, whatever. Uh, do you think Harris, Jared Stidham will be pretty good? Or he'll be better so? than Johnson. I don't know how good he'll be, though. I mean, <laughs> it's only, it, it sounds like someone is farting on the mic. It's okay you if you can... are or not. I can't smell it. It's fine. <laughs> Stop fart shaming John. You're right. I'm sorry. All right. I'm sorry, John. It's, I knew the listeners were going to notice. I felt like it had to be addressed. We couldn't just have fart noises with no attribution. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Coach O and LSU at thirteen. Twelve has a championship game this year. Sometime. I didn't know that. Holy shit! Is that real? Wow. Yeah. The top two finishers. Oh yeah. I remember they added that. Weren't they supposed to add more teams before they did that? No, they, they, they added it because the playoff committee says it's important. I think. Uh, why aren't they, Why aren't they adding more teams? Because Bedlam's not Thanksgiving this year, so they're getting rid of tradition. Traditions. Uh, Stanford at 14. No idea. That's what I say. Georgia at 15. That seems high. Literally, I think no one has any idea who's good this year. Yeah. I've never seen these in more just. This is just a random random mix of football schools. Who knows if their teams are good or not? Did Uh, you say Mike? Who? What? Washington State. They're 24. Washington State's 24. Uh, here, let's round it out, and we can talk it. So, Louisville, 16. Florida, 17. Miami, 18. South Florida, 19. Like, this, is, this is crazy. <laughs> Kansas State, 20. Virginia Tech, 21. West Virginia, 22. Texas, 23. Mike Leach at 24. And then Tennessee at 25. There's, yeah. like, so many crappy teams in this Is Bill Snyder still at Kansas? State, I, th- I think, right? Until he dies, and that's the right? Reason, that's the reason why they're ranked, because Bill Snyder's there. I think he's going to die on the field, from what I've read. He's, he's arranged it that way. He's going to be hit by a by a linebacker on a certain predetermined date when he's standing on the sideline. <laughs> It'd be like, almost kind of like... It's the way he wanted to go. It's like some people ask to have their ashes scattered. He just wants to be, you know, speared into, into the afterlife. Standing on the sideline, wearing a head. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because like he retired and then Kansas State like slipped back into just complete or utter mediocrity, and then he came back out of retirement. You know, that's actually uh, a pretty funny joke um, to like put in your will that whichever relative you like to mess with the most has to like spread your ashes somewhere that's really hard to do it at, and like just to like troll them after you're already dead. That would be pretty funny to me, or like to do it to tell them they have to do it in Bryant Denny. But like not even as an Alabama fan, like just to mess with the family <laughs> member. I like that. That's funny to me. 
All right, so that's a good that's a good preview of the kind of stuff that I think is funny. Um, we'll continue here. Any more thoughts on the uh, kind of random AP Top 25? I've got some thoughts on the Pac-12. Okay. Uh, so I think it's interesting Washington State got that spot over, say, Colorado, mm-hmm. although Colorado did lose their quarterback. Because um, both of them, I was looking at it, uh, the Pac-12 lost a lot of good assistance to Oregon, like Oregon Steele and Jim Levitt as defensive coordinator, which I think Jim Levitt should be a head coach again. I don't understand why nobody's going after him as a head coach again. Probably because uh, of his anger uh, issues. Washington right? State lost arguably one of the best D-line coaches in the country, Joe Salavea, to Oregon. Hmm. How long How long does it take until Oregon is back in like the – Top twenty-five. How many years is it going to take? Can't Taggart? be too long, yeah. right? They're already got the. Um, they like received already... some votes in this poll, but not a ton. They've already got the uh, the offense. <laughs> the offense is already going to be good, mm-hmm. and the defense. Um, I know it took Jim Lovett a couple years at Colorado, mm-hmm. um, but uh, arguably they should already have more talent on the roster at Oregon. Like Oregon re- recruits all right to not have. Like they, they put a lot of defensive players in the NFL. Strangely, a lot of corners and a couple defensive linemen every once in a while. That um, even recently, uh, I feel like they'd probably have better players than it looked like watching that defense last year. So, interjection, think- interjection, real quick on this Giants game. They're kicking a field goal. There's a guy behind the field goal post with the post with a highlighter colored John three sixteen sign. So what I don't understand <laughs> is. You are your audience is people that have never read John three sixteen, but know that that refers to a Bible verse and how to look it up. Is that what we're? Is that that's fair, right? Isn't that probably pretty narrow? Like anyone that understands what John three sixteen means has probably read it, right? Am I right? Am I wrong? Okay, back to your story table. People just, I think people just hold up John three sixteen for the same reason people yell free bird at concerts. Yeah, like nobody, it's, it's a meme. It's literally a meme. Like before yeah, memes were memes, they were, it's were a memes. Meme. Like nobody remembers how it started. Yeah, no, it's so funny to think about like pre-internet memes and free bird at concerts is like a fantastic example. Uh, people also used to say like "Stairway to Heaven" a lot and stuff like that. Yeah, like, cool IRL that, memes. That was because of Wayne's World. They made right. that into a meme. Good point. All right. Like, well, I, sorry. Back to your very important uh, the Pac-12 stuff. Oh, I just wonder how long it's going to take Oregon. I think they could. It's be a good question. They're going to be really it? good, right? With Taggart, I think it's inevitable. I think Taggart's going to be. I think he's a good coach. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I could see some shakeup. Their Big 12, their highest rank was Oklahoma. They had Oklahoma State and Texas. I don't think the Big 12 will be very good this year. There's nobody. I'm just Bold. like, oh, they're going to be – Wait. I would agree. Did Oklahoma lose their co- – didn't, didn't Yeah, Lincoln Riley's the coach now. Yeah, Oklahoma did lose their coach, and they're still seventh. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. What's his story? I, I feel like man. they're going to crash and burn. Like, Also, was that a scandal? Why did he quit when he quit? Yeah, that's what that's I thought. That's got to be a scandal break. laying in, in waiting there. Yeah. Dude, do you think that he orchestrated the whole Hugh Freeze leak to take pressure away from him stepping down? He needed another <laughs> under the national spotlight. Awesome. Yeah, probably. That's probably it. I mean, Yeah, it's probably Oklahoma. I'll buy it. <laughs> do y'all want to break down some uh, – have y'all, have y'all broken down some of the possible uh, – 
I guess, pending a two-year bowl ban or not, some of the possible head coaching candidates, like in-depth? I mean, a little. You want to get in-depth right now at hour of the podcast? We're going Well, I just depth. wanted to keep a name I, I think besides Weston Frank Wilson out there. His guy, like, uh, yes, Frank Wilson is very much – I'm officially – saying that it doesn't matter who we speculate about until we know what happens at the COI hearing because it's just uh, – Yeah, but I will also everything. say – Yes, Frank Wilson's a good candidate. Name, I'm with you. Yeah, no, I'm saying another name okay. is uh, the co- the current uh, offensive – I think he's an offensive coordinator at USC, uh, uh, T. Martin. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That name has been floating around. Yeah, he, he, was, he would probably be one that I'd put on the list. I'll hire a coordinator to be a coach. Well, I mean, I had first time head coach in the SEC. That is oh, tough. That is tough. So, is it? Do you think that there's going to be an inside job where we blow the first game to South Alabama to stop Matt Luke, remove the interim tag, and just get ahead of that? Do you think Bjork's going to like have a talk with the players and just you know? Nah, I think we're probably just going to be bad, but I think we'll like get out a lot of frustrations versus the, the South Alabamas of the world. I was trying to give the I was trying to no, give the team my real my real prediction is that they're going to score 70 versus South Alabama and then look like shit against Cal and have a terrible season. That's my real prediction. Oh god, that sounds just too real. <laughs> yeah, they're going to they're going to blow out the first two opponents and then uh just fall apart from there. Would be my actual prediction. We'll see. Yeah. Hmm. We'll see. Hey, I mean, uh, I mean, it's not like the COI ruling is going to come out early in the season. Like, they're not going to know until early November, probably at the earliest. Um, but still, I feel like we're going to – we'll see. I feel like we're going to get a sense of how things went at that COI meeting. We'll see. We'll see. I, I think that'll trickle – if it went poorly, I think that'll trickle down to the, to the locker room. And I think they're going to yeah. be getting a lot of calls from other schools, and that's going to be a distraction. And all of this assumes a two-year bull man. So we'll see what happens. Um, all right, well, Wesson, we'll have you back after uh, the COI so you can talk about Frank Wilson versus T. Martin and how they're both uh, great candidates. Yes, that would be, that would be great. Fantastic. Perfect. Yeah, no, well, well, I mean, the head coaching search is definitely going to be a huge part of our, uh, I guess you could call it coverage. We're not really covering anything. A huge part of our discussions. Uh, here in the next, really, who knows how long the coaching search could go on. Um, it, you know, we could hire a coach this season. Wouldn't be surprised if we end up keeping Luke and kind of continuing the search for a while because I think even Luke defenders, I feel like, don't think he's going to be, you know, what they thought Freeze was going to be a year ago, some sort of a, a legacy long-term coach. I mean, we'll see. It's just it would be tough to make the kind of meteoric rise Luke just made with this whole scandal and, you know, stay a head coach the rest of your career, I feel like. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Final thoughts, guys? Um, some other time I'll tell you about how I think walk-ons are ru- ruining college football. Yeah, I think that was a solid and, theory as well. We'll save it. Uh, and and sh- we ate a Shake Shack. Nice. I've never been. And it was – no, it's some bullshit. It's, it's, really? Yeah, I'll, yeah. It's, it's you know, so, table. Sometimes I think you're maybe a bit of a contrarian. No, okay. Here's the thing. I thought Shake Shack was gonna be really good because it was like Shake Shack, mm-hmm. and I go there, and it's organic McDonald's. Sure. And it's the same like deep fried like patty that's gonna you know 
give you diabetes and a hundred other things. It's not suddenly going to not do that because it's GMO free. You know, like if you're sure. eating, you know, like GMO free, like non-hormone, you know, organic local roasted chicken with local vegetables, like hell yeah, that's a lot healthier. But if you're just, if you've got a, you're still eating a burger, burger, you're still eating burger fries. Bacon, yeah, no, you're that, right. It's, it's inherently unhealthy food for sure. It's just, it's yeah, just, but trying table, people wait in line. People wait in line for that food. So it has to be good. I know. I think just, as just, Southerners, I mean, we're just, like, we're uniquely positioned to criticize the food trends because we've had good food our entire lives and anything trendy, you know, we're suspect of. Yeah, um, it's just like $20 hamburger buzzword McDonald's. So, Hey table. Yeah. It's no Jack Pirtles. No Jack Purtles and it's, it's no, no Jack Purtles. It's a Memphis thing. It's a Memphis thing. A Memphis that's all I gotta thing. say about that. That's that's the only things I miss about the South right now are Wards and Jack Purtles. And, uh, and Jimmy's Jimmy's sushi. A third, a third related would be E. coli. <laughs> it would be the, the <laughs> third related thing you miss about eating at Wards. Um, all right, well that's a good that's that's a good uh, end of the show there. Wesson, do you got any final words for the folks? No, but uh, you know, the next couple of weeks, you know, maybe, maybe, well, I'd say further down the line, you know, when the coaching search heats up, I can, you know, hopefully get some get some good. Uh, if I can get some go on campus and there's no get some point good, uh, until the nine eleven truth. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Weston's well, saying he's on, gonna he's gonna go to his sources and get us some uh, some intel about the search. Yeah. I love it. See if my see if instead of Ole Miss, oh, the band is not that bad. I love it. Uh, I mean, I'm. Hey, I guess say my 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 family that works on campus is you know you know it's, he does he doesn't he doesn't sugarcoat. I mean, if he hears you know good or bad, he'll tell me, and you know I'll I'll, I'll take it you know some of it you know <laughs> with a grain of salt, obviously. But I love all this hedging, and then it, so yes, well, we might hear, it, we might not hear it. We understand the people appreciate you always, Wesson. You're a great guest. Table, same to you. We love having you. John, you know, you're a fixture. Um, you know, I decided that I'm going to stop with all the crap at the end of the episode. If you're listening, you know who we are. You know where you can find us. If you like the show, reach out, follow us, all that stuff. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you later. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.